this is Matt. I'm the lead pastor at Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. My prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, if we can connect you with a local church or a discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at discoverwbc.com. Amen. Well, again, we're going to be in Titus chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And we all should feel this tension. Ministry can be really difficult. Like every single person in this room has been called to do ministry. If you follow after Jesus Christ, you are ministering for him on his behalf. Where it feels difficult and it's it's hard in all of those different ways, and you feel like you don't know how to keep going or if you have the energy, if you should keep going. It's in those moments that you, you need people around you. Walk with you. Who, who has such deep community with you, they know your fears and your failures in the context that you've been given to serve. It's those moments where you look around you and you go, man, who is with me to walk through this? And I hope that as you walk away today, you know that we have, in the, in the church, we ought to have a unity and a community that is so clear and rich with love and grace and truth. because we're right together. Paul wants Titus to know this truth. He wants us to see this truth through the book of Titus that Paul has a community with his ministers and missionaries around him that have been united together to serve in their different areas. They all have diversity in their giftings and in their callings, but they've been united together by this deep community in Christ who tore down all immoral unity and built up a new unity in his gospel. So I challenge you with this, to unite together to serve God wherever he calls you. Titus 3, verses 12 through 15 say, When I send Artemis of Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis, because I have decided to spend the winter there. And for just a moment, remember, Nicopolis during the winter is it's a very harsh place to be. They would like hunker down together to endure the winter to be able to support one another as they faced the climate and faced the difficult, harsh winters. For Maryland, it's kind of the game plan here. So it's interesting what Paul thinks about this. He's sending Artemis and Tychicus to either Ephesus or Crete, and he calls Titus back to Nicopolis to endure Make every effort to come to me, to come to spend the winter there with me in this harsh winter to do community together. I don't know, maybe training, maybe, maybe Titus just needed a little respite, a little rest. 
that winter together as they hunker down. So Paul knows where Artemis can go, where Tychicus can go, and where Titus needs to go. He has a deep community and understands the needs of his people and the abilities of the ministers and missionaries. Diligently helped Zenos the lawyer and Apollos. What it meant was they were unproductive or apathetic uh, or unfruitful. Titus, to remind the church in Crete is, is to devote yourselves to good works so that the world and the church sees you as fruitful. That you actually make an impact in the city and you make an impact in the church and you make an impact in your family. Don't be unfruitful but rather devote yourselves to good works for pressing needs. What the form and encourage to shift and, 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 and follow after Christ, what your family needs, provide for them and lead them to the cross, but don't be apathetic and unfruitful. Verse 15 continues, all those who faith, grace be with you all. We see three 
truths from this passage I, I think we can pull out. First is, Paul built a ministry team. 80 names used in Pauline literature, the books of Paul. 80 names that he was writing to to encourage, that he was sending to different places. He, think about it, he had an awareness and an just that he wrote about. But we don't know all that he wrote about, right? The very end of that passage says, all those who are with me. We don't know everybody who's with him. I like to think about it, but we at least know 80 different names of the letters that we have of who was with Paul and Paul had invested in. He had such a deep community with these. We can see it in 2 Timothy 4, Romans 16, 1 Corinthians 16, Colossians 4, and Philemon. We can see these deep relationships that Paul has with these people like Tychicus and Artemis. So much so that, remember, um, he said he was going to send Tychicus or Artemis to be where, where Titus was to kind of take over that role of elder for a season so that Titus could go to Nicopolis and endure the winter there. Well, it seems that Tychicus got sent to Ephesus. That's what Second uh, Timothy kind of shows us. So most likely, Artemis wound up going to uh, Crete. And I just can imagine that conversation for Paul with these two individuals. How deep their community was when they were like with Paul, training under Paul. And it's like, okay, now where are we going, Paul? And, on, and you, you kind of got a Jonah Nineveh situation here. It's like, well, Artemis, Tychicus, one of you is going to go to Ephesus. Remember, that's the place I got beat. And the other one of you is going to go to Crete. And they're really awful people. <laughs> and they hate the church. And they've tried to kick out the church. And they think the church is, church is worthless. So one of you is going to go to one, and one of you is going to go to the other. Right? And it seems that we, we have this uh, uh, investment in Titus to the point where these two guys are just willing to go where Paul sends them because they're servants of Yahweh. And because Paul is leading for Yahweh, because Paul is leading them, they follow where he says to go, and they go. Even to Ephesus. But Tychicus had been in Roman imprisonment. He was part of the Ephesian church, and he was on the third missionary journey with Paul, which was you know, a difficult one. So Tychicus knows what it's like to go through difficult ministry. Brothers and sisters, when we go through difficult ministry in life, we need deep community around us that can encourage us, that can send us, that can train us. Second thing I want you to understand from this text is Paul sent united disciples to make disciples. These guys weren't just trained leaders. They knew each other. They trusted each other. They walked into Crete. It's, I, don't know if, I don't know if Titus was standing out there when, when Apollos and Zenos uh, walked up. I don't know if they like, walked in and they were like, who can we tell? You know, I, We don't have clarity around, the, around what exactly happened. Walking into a city that was rejecting the church, and they were just looking for Titus like, to find some food to find some provisions. Like, where do we go to find some help? I wonder if people came to Carroll County if they would go, I just need to find Westminster Baptist Church. The people there, I know they'll care for me. 
And, and guys, I'm not talking about Pastor Glenn. I'm not talking about Pastor Matt or Pastor Bill. We're all ministers. We're in this together. We're not going to ask Pastor Glenn to be the only one who cares for missionaries. Who do you know that when they come to Carroll County, they're going, I just need, I need to get to him. I need to get to her because I know that they'll take care of me. I know they'll walk, I know they'll encourage me. I'm, I'm in a season where I just need some encouragement. At the end of the, the passage about what Tychicus did in his ministry, it says, I still don't remember, Glenn. I don't remember if it was you or Pastor Bill, but in a sermon recently one of them preached, they said um, that We are walking in those things to find uh, our humility that would lead to uh, sanctification and hold on Huh? Listen to how that works. Yes, give it a minute to catch up. What changed it? in near poverty, but trusting God that he was going to provide. And finally, Paul built unity around ministry. We saw in Titus chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, that Paul built unity around the gospel and theology. But we also know that Paul built unity around ministry because when you serve together, you grow together. When you serve together, you see things in one another that allow you to encourage one another and, get, and grow together with one another in ways that if we just separate ourselves out and never walk through the difficulties of ministries together, we won't see any in one another. You remember in, in uh, verse 15, I think it is, he says, all those who are with me. Can you think about that moment? I don't think I've already said this. I said it in one of the services. <laughs> Can you think about that moment where Paul's like writing this down? And there's a bunch of guys and girls around him. And they know he's writing to the church at Crete, specifically to Titus. And there's just people around him going, Hey, Paul, tell them I love them. Like, remind them that I'm here too and I greet them as well. What's that like? Like, I don't know, uh, one of you, Aaron, maybe, maybe knows somebody who's been ministering to, and, and, and I don't know, somebody else, uh, maybe it's Stephen or Dom, or somebody's like, Aaron, hey, hey, remind, remind Jim that I love him too. I know he's out there fighting and, and, and for his life and doing ministry in a difficult area, but, but just remind him that I, to, I, I love him too. You know, that kind of depth of community where we know not just what we're doing, but what those whom we support are doing. Remember when uh, uh, Paul tells Paulus and Zenos and Artemis and Tychicus where they're going, you know, Ephesus and Crete, not easy places to go. What kind of trust does it take to go, okay, Paul, send me where you want to send me. 
And he's like, Ephesus. Run that back through your mind as we think through these three points. What kind of trust does it take for somebody to come up to you and go, okay, uh, God's been working in your life. Let's make it real personal. I, what if I walked up to you today and was just like, hey, look, I've seen God working in your life, Stephen, and, and I think it's time for you to go to North Korea and, and share the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Ephesus. That's Crete. Those difficult places where it's like, well, hold on now. I think I need to take some time to pray through this. <laughs> you know what you're talking about, Paul. This is not the easiest place to be. Uh, we think Paul was like in Macedonia or Achaia when he, was, when he was writing this letter. We don't exactly know where he was. He was headed to Nicopolis for that harsh winter. We do know that. We don't know who he's with him. I, I like to think about who he was with him, like I said. But I just, I just can't imagine like being just trained up and invested in all those different things. And then it's just like somebody's like, all right, you're going over here. Possibly going to die. Good chance. But you need to go. I don't know if you're going to be provided for, but I have a lot of faith in Titus. So just go ahead and go. Go that way, because if you can find Titus, you're going to be taken care of. It's like, well, what if we can't find Titus? I mean, that kind of faith, you know what I'm saying? That kind of faith and that kind of trust. So I again ask you what I asked you earlier, is do you have real unity and community to be able to go into ministry together as brothers and sisters and not waver in your unity and your, your love for one another, your trust in one another, based on superficial or immoral unity? Is your unity with each other strong enough to have difficult conversations and biblical accountability and loving rebuke and different ministry callings, different spiritual gifts, different places that you're going to be? Or... We have such division and diversity without unity that we have a pride or a confidence that is unhealthy and competition with one another that says, you know, look at what I'm doing over here. Look at how many times I've done this. Look at the ministry I've had. Look at this successful thing I did. And you start talking about everything I did and everything you did and, and all those different things are like, Look at what I, look at what I, and look what I. But the reality is, it's, it's what are we doing? Some of you may be over here, you know, working in, in, with elderly. Some of you may be over here working with single moms. Some of you may be over here working with children with ex- exceptional abilities. Uh, somebody over there may be working with uh, uh, addiction and overcoming addiction. Wherever you are, like, we're all in this together. We're, we're, we're just, I'm called to a different role than you are, but I'm right here with you, needing your encouragement, your investment, your love and support. I know that you need and, and hope, hopefully that you need and want love and encouragement from your brothers and sisters who are around you. Because, man, ministry's hard. And I'm not talking about my own behalf. Like, I'm not talking on my own behalf. What I'm talking about for you is, if you're ready to step foot into ministry... You're going to go through hard stuff. Being targeted for your character. Being targeted by the devil himself to stop you. Walking into broken relationships. Walking into addictions and harm. And you need to know when you go into those difficult seasons that you have a unity and a people around you 
that can help you go through that. I'm not ashamed to say that over the past five years, if there weren't uh, some people whom God I know intentionally put around me, I, I'd, I'll be straight up honest with you with Pastor Glenn in the room. I don't know that I'd still be here. And the reason is, is for this, and I hope that we can clearly all say this. I don't know if anybody can make it in ministry without God's provision. I'm not going to act like I'm standing up here on my own weight, like I got this thing all together. I need, I need God's provision. I need godly men and my wonderful wife around me. We need community and unity that is so much greater than these simple, trivial, uh, uh, secular, or worldly things that unite people together sometimes. So what does this mean for us? And, and I'm, I want to bring all of Titus into this to conclude it, because next week we're going to move into Haggai. And today I just want to conclude in Titus with this. Titus is a recipe for unity. If you could put all this together, you'd see unity that we would set right leaders in place, that we would think right about the gospel, that we would live right according to God's work in our life, and that we would do right according to the ministry He's called us to. Good leaders, good theology, good works, and good ministry. And it creates a wonderful unity around the cross, which to remember, the cross tore down in Ephesians chapter 2. It tore down every other human-built unity. And it built up a new unity based on faith that it concludes in Ephesians 4. We are one in Christ Jesus. And there's nothing else that brings us together other than that. The second thing it means to us is we... The church uh, and we are not fans. Fans imitate players. Fans find issues and complaints. Fans dress up and pretend to be players, but they aren't really the team. Fans don't work for the win. They just get to watch it. Fans don't feel the weight of loss. They only feel the emotions of the loss. See, we aren't fans. We are brothers and sisters who have united together to, to do this together. One of you with a spiritual gift in this way, and one of you a spiritual gift in this way. One of you with a calling in this place, and another with a calling to this place. But regardless, we're one team. Working together and figuring out our emotions and figuring out our different personalities, it makes us very distinct. But united by the gospel and torn apart by nothing. And as we come together, we recognize that, man, the people on the, the playing field, the team on the playing field, that we're, we're working together to win. We're working to, you know, Super Bowl's today. Small little game. Quarterbacks, they get a lot of, a lot of praise, you know. But let me tell you something. That left tackle, he's critical. If you don't have a good left tackle, the opposing tackle is going to sack your quarterback and he's going to get hurt. It's a blindside hit. Don't think the devil's not trying to attack you. We need protection. We need a team. We need work to work together. Some of us are like quarterbacks. Some of us are like wide receivers. Some of us are like uh, uh, linemen. Whatever you are, 
man, for the glory of God, do it with all you have because we need you. The only thing I ask, don't be sitting up on the stands just watching other people do it. Don't be a fan. Engage in ministry. And finally, serving together builds unity and community. If we don't serve together, it's hard to build the depth of community that we see with Paul and these other individuals. The reason is is because when we serve together, we train in our deficiencies. We see our, our struggles, those fears and failures I mentioned. We see that it's immorality in brothers and sisters that we say, hey, we, need to, we really need to work through this. We see theological disputes and struggles that we need to work through. We see and hear spiritual disciplines, man, those, war, those prayer warriors that you want to listen to. Those meditation, uh, just, just investing their days in meditation or in fasting or in, in, in uh, secluding themselves away from society to take some time of solitude. Those kind of people that you just want to, like I want to know how they do that in the midst of the warfare of ministry. We find a depth of community that we don't find without actually going to do what God's called us to do with the disciplines God has given us to do them. We need to be out there doing these things together. I want you to see this video real quick. You'll, you'll notice the guy on it. Because I want you to watch this intentionally thinking through modern day Christianity. Check this out. Hey, you want to be an NFL quarterback? All right, go. Could you lead the league? Own it? Wear the city on your chest? Putting up numbers is cool, but what stats without that ring? This is the NFL. It ain't just about your own. You're leading every player in that huddle. Yeah, the team is yours now. You gotta think like a quarterback. Go ahead, think like a quarterback. Now, fast. You know how sharp you gotta be? Watch out. Trust, they trying to take the ball. Nah, ain't nobody taking the ball. And I ain't gonna lie, this is fun as it looks. So ask yourself, you wanna be the quarterback? Welcome to the future of the field, NFL Pro Era. It's $500 for that VR headset with the handheld remotes $500 to be Lamar Jackson we all know that's not possible that man has spent his life training and working to become an NFL quarterback blood sweat and tears with his brothers he knows what it means to be on a football team and to work hard and we want to pay $500 to try to be Lamar Jackson you think about what happens here you put on a virtual headset, here's what you do. You disconnect from reality and community, and you fake it like you're somebody else. Man, think about modern-day Christianity. You've got to be careful that you are not disconnecting from reality, the reality that is around you, disconnecting from the community that God has provided for you, and faking to be somebody that you're not. 
But Christianity, we can't come in here and sit in seats and play like fans watching people on the field and faking like we're those persons putting on our, on our, our uh, uh, uniforms and, and acting like we're somebody on the field or encouraging those people on the field without actually engaging and getting out there with them and recognizing that this thing called Christianity is not virtual reality. It's not something we can fake. It's not something you can act like you are, but you're not. Because you will be exposed. If you've never been put in a position of ministry and missions that is difficult with the difficult warfare that goes on in spiritual warfare with the emotional struggles, the spiritual struggles, the relational struggles, and all of those different things, you're going to face those one day in your life, and it's going to be like you've been on a VR headset. You're going to be like, man, I can be Lamar Jackson. I can do all these different things. Like, I'm great as a quarterback. Man, put somebody out there on the field in Lamar Jackson's place, you'll stop criticizing him on Sundays. You know what I'm talking about? Take one sack from an NFL tackle. Oh, Warren Sapp. Man, life, you cannot play Christianity like a VR headset. We need each other. You sit in a room and put on a VR headset and you don't have your friends around you, you disconnect from that kind of community, man, you got to be careful. Just be real careful that you don't apply that to your own Christian walk. Because we need each other. Paul tells Titus to take care. Take care of Apollos. Take care of Zenos. Artemis and Tychicus to go to these difficult places. Man, that's real ministry. That's difficult ministry. But they trust one another. They trust God. They're united by the gospel and by ministry. And they're willing to do what God has called them to do. I hope that you will find a unity a unity in healthy leadership, in the true gospel, in works that are according to God's word and ministry according to his calling in your life. I hope you'll find unity around that in your life. And my, my challenge to you this morning is this. It's going to be on the screen, and, and there's two blanks. And what I want you to do is I want you to put yourself in a relationship in your life in the first blank. And then I want you to put what you do in that relationship that builds unity. So for instance, here's what that would be like. Marriages that pray together, stay together. Have you ever heard that before? It's a great saying. But what, what else? What else for you in your life? Like friendships that engage God's word together, stay together. I don't know, like, how about this one, Dom? You and I in Haiti, serving together, like that built a unity in us, right? Right? So what do you, what do you put there? Like my friendships, my coworkers, my, my family that blanks together, stays together. Because there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to face such difficulty in life, and maybe you're there right now, for such difficulty in ministry that you need to make sure you've clarified this. You need to make sure that your unity comes from something other than what's being robbed out of you because the world wants to divide you. The world wants to hurt you. And in Christ, we have a unity that the gates of hell cannot prevail over. If you're not engaged in ministry and engaged in healthy community, you're going to face a time and a season 
where your Christianity is going to be put out there and it's going to look like either you've been getting in the reps and doing the work and pursuing after your king and depending on him and everything or it's going to look like you've been on a VR headset. Or honestly, just keeping it real, it's going to look like you've just been sitting and listening to a pastor talk. I have a role, but so do you. I hope in God's grace, he sends you to do everything he's called you to do with unity and community, strength to do what he's called you to do. As the team comes up to lead us in worship, I'm going to be over here and I'd love to talk to you. Challenging you to unite together to serve God wherever he calls you. Some of you being, some of you may serve, like I said, with the elderly or with the single moms or protecting life, whether old or young or still in the womb. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, may God unite you together with brothers and sisters who can help you through the fears and the failures, sustain you through the discouragements and disappointments. May people walk with you when you feel like you can't stand up. May the gospel be the foundation. I mean, your life be a picture of the transformation that Christ gave, for you, gave you on the cross. Never forget, our Savior lived this life in perfection, died my death and your death, and raised from the dead so that we could raise from the dead too. He was hated. More clear, more clear and clarity. We, each one of us, hated him. And yet in the midst of that, he loved us. It's worth giving your life for. So I'm going to ask you this morning, serve not just asking you to serve in this church. We, we don't really do that. Some people don't like that we don't do that. I don't, I don't know where God's calling you to serve you. I just want you to go. Maybe you're Artemis or Tychicus and you need to go somewhere else. Maybe you're Apollos or Zenos. Maybe you're like Titus and you need to plant down. Look, if you want to plant down here and if you want to sit in these seats and become part of Westminster Baptist Church as a local expression of God's global kingdom, man, I would love to help you serve here locally or inside of the church. But my, what I want you to do is whatever God's called you to do. Just go do that. Whether that's locally, in the church, or missionally, globally, cross-cultural bounds, man, go. You're going to learn more about you and about dependency upon God's people in your life than you've ever learned before. So serve locally and globally. And finally, and this one's a humble one, Pastor Glenn, Pastor Rob. Seek leadership for God's direction in your life. Asking God, where are you leading me? And maybe God's just telling you to, to follow the leader that he's put in your life. Where are you going? Wherever you're going, find deep community and unity. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for the book of Titus that you preserved it, that you had Paul write it, that you spoke it into being, that every word of it was to a congregation that needed it and a pastor who's young and needed it. And 
for us today to have truth that we might cling on to in a world full of lies. I pray, God, that you would unite this church together through the gospel and ministry, healthy leadership, and right thinking. I pray, God, that you would, right now, in this moment, that you would move. That you would stir up hearts in this room. That you would bring out a passion in somebody's life right now. From the unborn child to the, to the elderly, from those who can't speak to those who can't hear, to those who are walking through singleness, to those who are in marriage, to those who are moms without a husband and dads without a wife, to those who are far off in a foreign land where it's illegal to be a Christian, for every person in this world, God, may you inspire a passion in our hearts. May you give us a gifting to go. May you give us disciplines to sustain us. And Father, may you give us a resolve to not give up. I pray, Father, in these moments for deep community in our church, deep unity in our church, so that we might serve you with every breath we have that you gave us, with every dollar that we have that you gave us, with every ounce of energy that we have that you sustain in us. May we serve you. Father, we lay everything at the cross. Unite us around only what you would give us back. And send us wherever you have for us. We love you and praise you in your son's name. Amen.
Amen. Amen, church. Remember, you're sending the midst of darkness to light it up. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you back next week. You have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.